Nick here from MREA and on today's episode we're doing something very special for you because as many of you know June 24th to the 26th is the energy fair and there's so many good things happening that what we've done is lined up a bunch of presenters speakers musicians and other entertainment here and we're sharing them with you on this podcast in hopes to attract you to see all of the great things at the fair in person that's at our campus in beautiful central wisconsin june 24th to the 26th so without further ado please enjoy My name is Lisa Kivers. Thanks for the invite to join you. My family and I run in Serendipity Farm in Southern Wisconsin, powered 100% with renewable energy, thanks to all the education and support we've had from the MREA over decades now. And I wear, as you mentioned, different hats, including the farm, but I also am a writer with my husband, John Ivanko. We've co-authored a bunch of books in the sustainability, renewable energy, food system realm. I also work a lot with women farmers and um, women landowners and advocating for sustainable agriculture, particularly in that space. My other hat, too, is I work a lot and will be speaking about it at the fair in the cottage food space of helping folks start food businesses from their home kitchen. And that's the book Homemade for Sale that John and I wrote. Soil Sisters, Women Farmers, Empowering Change is about exactly that, (laughs) of women coming together to start farms, uh, support each other in sustainability. It's something I've been part of the community for decades now and have really seen both in my own farming experience and as we connect with other women of the importance of coming together. So the presentation is based on my book, Soil Sisters, that goes into uh, specifics on starting your farm. Women operate differently. Uh, we, We grow differently and we run businesses differently. And I'd argue a good way of very much in the collaborative spirit and also wanting to reconnect with more traditional resources. Historically, the USDA actually has had lawsuits against them for discrimination against women farmers. And there's been some catch up, but there's also a number of good resources for women to tap into and grants and education. And we'll be covering all that as well. If someone comes to your presentation at the fair, what can they expect? Sure. So for the Soil Sisters workshop, we really welcome women of all backgrounds and experiences. In particular, if there's women who may have a hidden dream about starting a farm or maybe going back to their family farm or starting something, no matter what age, uh, women actually make up the fastest growing group of new farmers in middle age and 40s and 50s. So um, very welcome, particularly, again, beginning folks. We'll start with starter resources, happy to answer questions and help you on your next steps. And you've been uh, coming to the fair for quite a while. Do you want to tell us about your fair experience? So I'm looking forward to teaching workshops at the fair this year, several actually. So on Friday, my husband, John, Ivan and I are doing our Sustainable Living Simplified workshop. And this one we had been doing at the fair for years. And if you saw it before, come back because it's always different. And if this is your first time at the fair, please come because This is the workshop that if you come to your first fair and you feel overwhelmed by everything and all the ideas and all the workshops, which we totally did the first time we came, this is for you because this is basically our story, John and I, on our farmstead in southern Wisconsin in serendipity and what we've done over the last 25 years. And it's sort of a timeline. So that's what I meant every time it's a little different because the journey continues and new things happen and definitely new things have happened over the last two years with COVID. So that is going to be on Friday at 10. 
that's based too on our books, Rural Renaissance and Ecopreneuring that go into more of the details on our sustainability journey. And then at 12 o'clock, John and I will be teaching Launch a Food Business from Your Own Home Kitchen. This is based on our book, Homemade for Sale. And if you have a dream of starting a food business and want an easy on-ramp, this is the session for you because thanks to expanding cottage food laws across the country, you can basically start food businesses out of your home kitchen now, which is awesome. It takes out the cost and the encumberments of commercial kitchens and lets you hit the ground running really fast. So we're super excited because this allows us to sell things like my Latvian rye bread to our pickles and other things out of our Wisconsin farmstead. But more importantly, it's a way to get to go from a hobbyist giving your stuff away to a food entrepreneur and use ingredients that you care about, support local farmers. And then on Saturday, I'll be teaching two workshops. John will be at our booth, so you can go chat him up about uh, everything kilowatts. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm doing Farmstead Chef Organic Eating on a Dime on Saturday morning at 10. And that one is based on our Farmstead Chef cookbook, uh, which basically is our story of eating out of our garden and eating frugally and using things that are seasonal and eating year round. And for context, when we first moved to our farm, we hadn't planted a seed and we couldn't germinate zucchini the first year, which is incredibly embarrassing. But the short story there is if we can learn to grow all of our own food needs just about, and uh, how do we manage the other things frugally that we do need to purchase, like coffee or flour or stocking the pantry, we'll go into that in this session, including tips like making your own homemade vanilla and using a lot of substitutes and baking and cooking. So this is one of my favorite ones to lead. And lastly, on Saturday, I will be teaching Soil Sisters, Women Farmers Empowering Change. This is my hat working in the sustainable egg space, supporting new women farmers. Women make up one of the fastest growing groups of new farmers, but we don't fit into traditional USDA checkboxes, thankfully. Uh, and how can we do this in a very collaborative spirit? Because that's what's awesome about the women farmer movement is we are doing this together. So if you have a dream of starting a farm or might be already starting and want to learn about different grants and resources available, I will be bringing the full toolkit to the Soil Sisters workshop based on my Soil Sisters, a toolkit for women farmer book, but we'll be going into that and plenty of time to ask questions and, and talk amongst each other as well. And uh, as, as you probably sense, John and I both have a long, deep appreciative history with the MREA fair. We moved to the farm late 96, so it would have been 97. We knew through our own research that the first thing we wanted to do was install solar thermal, and that's what we could have afforded at the time. And there weren't many people doing solar installs, and we were very fortunate that the mighty Bob Ramlow, one of the founders of the MREA, came down from Stevens Point to our uh, farmstead in southern Wisconsin and installed it for us. But more than that, he installed in us a love for the MREA and a fact that we can just keep learning. And he invited us to the fair. He literally invited us to, this was before camping at the MREA, but back when it was at the county fairgrounds, some folks remember, he invited us to camp on his farm and was, he and his wife, Marguerite, were so generous in inviting us. And that's what the fair is all about. You probably are coming because somebody told you about it. And we've been coming literally ever since. Um, we missed it during the COVID hiatus, but we've been doing various presentations along the way. Our son, Liam, uh, actually, he's 20 now. It's his first year. He's not at the fair because, you know, he's a young adult with things to do, but basically grew up coming to the fair. It's been a family tradition for us. We lived in Rainbow's End for many years, and it's it's a summer tradition that we are excited to have back and see all of you and meet a lot of new folks. And hopefully it'll be part of your 
your decades-long tradition someday soon, too. Thank you. We'll be right back with more of the Rise Up podcast. But first, we'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors of the 2022 Madison and Milwaukee bus shuttles to the 31st Annual Energy Fair. The Sierra Club, John Muir Chapter, Wisconsin's voice for the largest, oldest, and most influential grassroots environmental organization inspired by Wisconsin's beautiful lakes, forests, rivers, and other natural features, working together to protect our communities and the planet. SierraClub.org slash Wisconsin. And Grow Solar, a coordinated effort among Midwest organizations and municipalities to open an advantageous solar market that provides long-term benefits to communities. Grow Solar makes investments in solar faster, easier, and more affordable. GrowSolar.org. You can view the arrival and departure schedule and reserve your space on the Madison or Milwaukee shuttle for free at TheEnergyFair.org. And now, back to the Rise Up podcast. I'm a lifetime member. My name's Christopher LaForge. I've run Great Northern Solar, shameless self-promotion, uh, for 30, almost 33 years, 32 years and have been um, a member and a volunteer with the group since our inception. It's been a, a joy to be involved with uh, such a uh, hearty group. I, I helped found the institute where we started training. I helped develop the initial curriculum for photovoltaics. This was all while I was doing design, engineering, installation, and, and promotion of solar systems. Um, and and we've seen there's just a tremendous result. I have moved from being, uh, you know, everything from a wholesaler of equipment and trainer and a designer installer and trainer to just being a certified master trainer. I'm certified by the Interstate Renewable Energy Council as a as a master trainer in the area of photovoltaic technology. And I also am a NABCEP certified photovoltaic installation professional emeritus, which is such a great term because people say, oh, that sounds cool. That's interesting. And he's gray, so he's old. And it also means I don't get on roofs much anymore unless I own it, which is really nice. You know, when, when I started, I, I did a lot of training for contractors and then this guy, Nick Hyla, showed up and, and he helped start the Solar Instructor Training Network. And I got involved in that. We trained all these other instructors. And so they're doing most of the basic instructing. And I've just had to float up to the top of where you teach administrators and engineers and more advanced EPCs on how to do bigger and better solar things. And we're doing so many great things. We're really taking over, which is kind of exciting for the utilities. <laughs> and, um, uh, and they're all getting on board or leaving, and uh, most of them are getting on board. And it's just been a fantastic thing. I wanted to congratulate everybody at the MREA, especially all our hardworking staff and leadership and board, because it is the most long-lived nonprofit group I've ever worked with or volunteered with, and we are tremendous. Well, that's a great introduction, Chris, and a good segue into your workshop uh, that we're featuring, which uh, I believe you've titled The Many Levels of Solar Plus Storage. Uh, would you just say that title again and then talk about the workshop and what people can expect? The Many Levels of Solar and Storage is an extended workshop, which is, uh, that means in our MREA terms, it costs a little money, and it's it's a three-hour workshop in depth into how we employ energy storage with our photovoltaic 
and or other renewable energy systems. This course is designed primarily for the residential user and contractor and maybe small commercial user and contractor. It goes very in-depth into how we design systems, um, starting with the loads and the photovoltaic array and then build in storage in a way that um, takes advantage of the new technology and also understands the older technologies and where they're useful still, usually for budgetary reasons because they're less expensive than the lithium-ion technology. Um, as you can see from my introduction, I'm the master of the long answer, so we give a lot of time for questions and you take a lot of time for answers. So people that come to the course will get, uh, as a user, if you're on the, on the user end of this technology, you'll get a lot of information to be an intelligent user and someone that can employ solar plus storage to the greatest advantage that you can do, both uh, environmentally, which is my main interest, and then, of course, what gets the job done is economically how you can make more and more money and pay less and less money for electricity because we're winning the day. Our, our technologies are doing fantastic things at bringing costs down and, and, you know, this small weekend project we have of saving the planet from catastrophe. Also, I'm teaching one other class on a volunteer basis for the professional level. And this moves into whoo, utility and industrial and community uh, energy, solar and storage. This class will be for energy professionals. It's kind of a higher end course. We're gonna talk about the history of large scale storage, what is making up most of the large scale storage now and how we do bigger and bigger energy storage to provide the same kind of benefits and more for utilities and municipalities. It's the sort of course that for nerds, they're going to get in really deep into the weeds on how we build a grid that's intelligent, how we electrify our economy and still be able to do it cleanly, and how we uh, basically change the entire utility business model, whether the utilities like it or not, which for me is just the funnest thing. They like it because I'm from the Midwest. And we are friendly. Well, thanks, Chris. That all sounds really exciting. You've been coming to the fair for a long, long time. What are some of your favorite things to do at the fair? At the fair, we have such a compendium of, of courses. I, in, in the past, I, I volunteered more individual courses and I never had time to take them. But what I like to do now that I just do two courses is I like to run around and take in as many workshops as possible. We have a tremendous amount of workshops. I like um, the point at about four in the day, if I'm not teaching, that I get to go to the tent that offers some of the finest microbrew um, you know, imbibables possible and nosh and visit with all my friends. Um, because my partner and I have been coming to the fair since the first fair where we volunteered parking cars. Oh, I, it's... It's been a hometown reunion. And so we get together and we get to see all sorts of people at all levels of the industry in this park-like, uh, fair-like environment that is just Midwestern, kick the tires and have some fun. That was really great. And um, we're looking forward to seeing it. For, do you have any party words for us? Right. I hope everybody that can can take the time and come to this fair. This is the least expensive informational event you can come to on the planet. We're going to have more information. 
And not only is there information, but a good portion of the fairgrounds is dedicated to vendors. So you can go ahead and kick the tires and see real products on the ground to talk to real installers who are doing real work. And unlike a lot of conferences, you could come in and leave with the knowledge necessary to uh, get your system done on your business or your dwelling. And I, I want to make sure that everybody that even has a passing thought of it gets there. And if the only day you can get there is Saturday, we have the coolest keynote on Saturday, but each day we've got good keynotes and we've got a lot of great food on site. So you don't have to worry about eating and just uh, come and participate. I'm Amanda Heffley. I am the solid waste director for Portage County Solid Waste. We oversee a closed landfill, a recycling facility and a transfer facility. And then we also have a household hazardous waste program. Great. So you deal with all of the waste streams from Portage County, and you're going to talk about that uh, in a presentation at the Energy Fair. Do you want to give us your presentation title and, and talk about what your presentation will entail? So uh, recycling right here in Portage County and all over Wisconsin, it's confusing on what we can recycle and what we can't recycle. And so part of my job as director here, I work directly with the mills, and the buyers of the materials so to figure out exactly what they want and what is actually being recycled. So I'm going to break hearts during this um, presentation to let residents know that, hey, this stuff is not recyclable, and then give some tips and tricks about how to sort your stuff better, how to package your material in your recycling bins so that it's less costly in the long run to um, process it and sell it to buyers. Recycling correctly is very important in our facility. Um, bags and unbroken down boxes can hide things such as sharps, broken glass, or other non-recyclable items. Non-recyclable scrap metal items can damage our equipment, cause shutdowns, um, things can tangle around our equipment or get stuck on our magnet and break our magnet. So recycling right is very important. It reduces labor, it reduces our cost, and then it makes recycling even cheaper in the long run. Uh, we have better profits and more recyclable material. And I think what I remember from our tour is that kind of recycling and what is recyclable varies like from place to place. So are you, are you going to talk about kind of like how what we recycle in Porch County and maybe the differences from other counties? In all of Wisconsin, there are mandatory recyclable items. So they're not going to change wherever you are in Wisconsin. And there are certain areas such as Portage County where we can recycle our yogurt containers and sour cream containers. And then there's parts like Otagami County that can do cartons. So I will touch on what I know. And then it's always best to check with that municipality if something can for sure be recycled or not. Great. And Amanda, have you been to the Energy Fair before? Yes. I love the Energy Fair. The music is, I think, my favorite part. I like to boogie. So... Up, up, up. And I have kindred spirits there that like to dance with me. So I love it. Mm -hmm. So recycle during the day, party at night. Yes. Uh -huh. I'm Sam Danaiski. I am the Distributed Resources Director here at Renew Wisconsin. Renew is a renewable energy advocacy organization. We do renewable energy policy work, legislative work, and kind of general program and education work as well around the state of Wisconsin. I've been here for almost four years now, certainly four years at the time of the fair, and I manage our distributed programs. So a lot of behind the meter solar programs, 
and uh, some other policy initiatives as well on the distributed resources side of things. So we are going to be, I am going to be presenting along with uh, one or two colleagues, clean energy toolkit for local governments. You know, we, we've seen, sadly, with the absence of, of larger, you know, state and federal government in action that cities, counties, municipalities uh, have really taken the lead over the last few years on renewable energy implementation and, and carbon goals and, and things like that. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to provide a, a toolkit or I, I like sports analogies. So we're going to provide a playbook for local governments that that want to do more. And, you know, we've like I said, we've already seen a lot of, you know, smaller government organizations uh, d doing a lot of things. And and that's because, you know, they provide services or they have public facilities and things like that. And, and their constituents want these things. So not only is there is there sort of a reason to go, you know, to decarbonize and things like that, but but they also have the ability to do that as well. So what we want to do, like I said, is we want to just drop a playbook um, because there are different levels where, where different local governments are at. Some people, some local governments are, are just at the starting line. Some are much, much further along, and there's a vast majority that are somewhere within that spectrum. So what we're going to do is we're going to basically give a lay of the land, uh, let those representatives know what kind, of, what kind of game they're playing. Are they playing checkers or are they playing chess, right? And then we're going to talk about ways they can get started, ways they can, you know, reduce their carbon, ways they can reduce their energy, some other ways that they can decarbonize in transportation and, and, and finance projects and, and the whole gamut. And we're going to be, you know, just kind of gauging where folks are at and, and we'll have a different, hopefully, playbook for everybody to follow. There are certain government entities within the state that, that have already done a lot, and we're hoping that we can provide sort of some peer-to-peer -peer mentoring for, for organizations or for governments that aren't so far along just to make it easier for them and, and so they can reach their goals uh, without having to reinvent the wheel every single time through. What can people expect if they come and visit you at your booth at the Energy Fair? Yeah, we have lots of, of fun literature. If you're if you're a reader, uh, you can read on all sorts of renewable energy policies and programs and just general information on whether it be solar, wind, batteries, electric vehicles, uh, you name it. Um, we have a lot of folks that are very well-known and well-versed in their own subject matter. And the fair, I definitely can say from from a new staff perspective is, is one of our favorite outings of the year. So we really like to talk to folks about, especially the, the policies and the, and the other regulatory and legislative matters around renewable energy as well. Yeah. So you've been to the fair a few times. Uh, what are you looking forward to this year, Sam? Oh, I'm looking forward to the fact that the fair is happening. Um, <laughs> it's been a while and uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one who's saying that, but yeah, I'm just really excited to, to get out and and see real human faces again and talk to real human humans again, right? It, it's just, uh, I, I don't have one particular thing, honestly. I just am really excited that, that it's happening again and, and, and that we get to get together and gather and, and learn more and talk more about renewable energy. One uh, thing that Renew does, I know you're presenting on the Local Government Toolkit, but one particular program that you offer that I think uh, jurisdictions can really benefit from as far as helping their uh, local residents go solar is the Solar for Good program that you manage. You want to talk about Solar for Good a little bit? 
Yeah, Solar for Good is a uh, program that we run for nonprofits across the state. Uh, so if you're any kind of NGO, you can apply for a grant with us that helps with some of the upfront costs of going solar. We just closed on our most recent funding round. I'm happy to say that we had our best funding round to date. Typically, we get about 20 grant applications. This year, we got 46. Uh, so we really had a great year. And it really is a testament to sort of the communal aspect of, of solar. The program has already done, I think it's about 4.3 megawatts now of solar on nonprofit facilities and entities across the state. At one point, that was, that was almost 1% of all of the solar installed in Wisconsin. So the program is, is done really well. And that's thanks to just so many people from the community kind of banding together and working on this. So we'll have information on that as well. We've helped nonprofits from housing providers to animal shelters, to veterans groups, to houses of worship, go solar. And basically there's, there's a little something for everyone in there. So hopefully, you know, we're all involved generally to some degree with a nonprofit, whether it be through work or through our, our private life, a lot of times both. And it's, it's good to know that we can provide that information out there to the folks who are looking for it. Hi, I'm Amber Westerman. I've been coming to the fair for about 10 years now, and I've been a presenter of workshops for about that same amount of time. I give uh, workshops on design topics. And this year I have three workshops, which are focused on my latest project, which is the first net zero energy house that was built in my small town, just west of Madison in Spring Green, Wisconsin. It's a 1200 square foot house, super insulated with a double wall construction and is so far 50% better than net zero with my solar panels. So the workshops that I'm giving this year are, the first one is how I built a net zero energy house. And that's just gonna be a big overview over the whole construction process from choosing a lot all the way through living here for two years and reviewing my energy bills. The second workshop is how to minimize construction waste. And this is really the core of my focus in my, my, my business, which is to build small and build sustainably and build with uh, renewable and natural materials. So this is about how to avoid having a construction dumpster, which is usually a fixture on every new home build. I did not use a construction dumpster at all and was able to handle my waste from the construction in small batches. I had some successes and some failures. I'll be going over that and also some resources for people to use as they go forward with their project. And then the third workshop is called A Barrier-Free and Non-Toxic Home Explained. And I use, again, this house that I built two years ago as an example of an accessible house, in other words, wide doorways, no thresholds, showers, et cetera. So it's an aging in place designed home, as well as using materials that are non-toxic, like without formaldehyde, low toxic paint, or actually organic paint. So these are the issues that I think <clears throat> more and more people are gonna be interested in <clears throat> going forward, especially those with some health issues that they want to have both an accessible house and also a house that does not have indoor air pollution. Great. So you've obviously been to the fair before. Uh, what's your favorite part of the fair? Some of the favorite things that you've done at the fair? I love the camping. And my favorite part is 
I always take my bike. So I camp in the back 40, which is the campground that MREA has. And I take my bike and I bike back and forth between the fairgrounds and the campgrounds, usually two or three times a day. And that is just, just a great experience. I also like taking the bus. And it's so easy to meet people at the fair, like on the bus, going from campground to the fairgrounds, at the lunches, at the networking dinner, at the other dinners. People are always very friendly and welcoming and have a story that's interesting to hear what brought them to the fair. So I think the social aspect of it is what I like the best. Cool. And uh, I guess one more question. Seeing your blog here, did you get an article published in uh, Fine Home Building? I did. All right. You want to talk about the article you got published in Fine Home Building? Yeah. So a lot of people might not know Fine Home Building is kind of one of those very niche magazines that people in my world, that is like the top, top shelf magazine to get into. And uh, so this was really a, a lifetime or a career long goal for me to get a major piece published in that magazine. It's also on their online content. And I worked with the editors to come up with the right type of article that they were looking for, which includes partly my personal story, my personal journey, building this house, as well as going into a deep dive with all the technical high performance details. So I think they did a great job with the illustrations, the photographs, and a nice balance between the story and the why, the why I did it, as well as how I did it. Well, that's really exciting. And uh, we yeah. will see you at the fair. And I'm hoping to attend some of your workshops. I'm really curious about your house. It sounds absolutely wonderful and spring green. Well, thank you. Thanks, Nick. I look forward to seeing you there. I'm Jeremy Solon. I am the co-owner of Top Maple Syrup, which is a uh, infused, barrel-aged, and uh, pure maple syrup business uh, that's based on our family land up in Langley County. And I also work for UW-Madison Division of Extension as the Maple Syrup Program Coordinator. So I support uh, maple syrup production in the state. In my background, obviously I do some maple syrup and grew up doing that. And then also have an kind of education, natural resources, ecology background. So I actually get to do two presentations, which I'm excited about. It's been a little while since I presented at the fair. And the first one is going to focus on essentially like beginner maple syrup uh, production. So kind of getting started with tapping trees, going through the process, the cooking of it, preparing of it, all of, all of that. And then the other presentation will focus more on kind of the business side of things of kind of background of tapped and how tapped has been developed primarily from the value added product side and the, again, the more kind of financial business aspects of, of building, building that business. So what, what can somebody who attends your workshops expects to learn or be involved in? Yeah. So for the beginner maple syrup one, it's really like how to get started. If you're interested, whether you have, you know, one tree or, you know, 500 trees that you're interested in tapping, uh, you could get the, the basics of how to go about that. So the equipment to use, the process of tapping, considerations of preparing maple syrup, all of those kind of things. And then for the other one on the business side, I think it's primarily about like considerations of building a, a small family business and kind of the considerations you need to have to kind of distinguish yourself, do effective marketing, develop products in a way that set you apart from, you know, the, the commodity products 
and essentially get some ideas of, of what you might be able to do to start a startup business of your own. Great. And it's not all just business with your workshops, right? You in the true spirit of the edutainment event at the <laughs> fair, you're also hosting an NA happy hour with tapped maple syrup. Do you want to talk to us about, uh, what's, what that's all about? Yeah, maybe <laughs> I don't have a ton of details on that, but, uh, so we're, we're hosting NA happy hour along with siren shrub company. So combination of siren and, and tapped. And so what I, what I know is that we're going to make some good drinks, uh, that will feature siren shrubs and, uh, some of our infused maple syrups. And we're actually tapped is releasing a new maple syrup just at about the time the energy fair, uh, happens. And one of those NA cocktails will have that new syrup in. So we're excited to get to, to get to share it at the fair. It's a secret, so you can't tell I, it is. We I can't tell you until then. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And you've, you've been to the fair before? I have been to the fair. I used to spend a lot of time at the fair and less so the last couple of years, just out of, you know, the craziness of life, but super excited to be there. I love, I love the fair. It's an amazing community event, always lots of amazing events going on and good people. And I'm excited to. You know, see people I haven't seen in a while there and, uh, get to learn some new things. So yeah, happy, happy to be, to get to be, go back. Great. And if you're interested in learning about maple syrup and starting your own personal or business tapping or starting a business or trying a unique drink or being present for the privileged release of a new maple syrup, the energy fair is the place to be. Perfectly summarized. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So I am Mindy McCord. I am the co-founder of Siren Shrub Company. We are a woman-owned Wisconsin-based beverage company that makes something called a shrub. A shrub is actually a drink from the colonial time. So it's from the 1800. It's just three ingredients. It's organic apple cider vinegar, organic cane sugar or maple syrup, and a fruit, root, or herb. So we make a concentrate and people take it home and they splash it into whatever they're drinking. So it gives a really nice, complex, delicious taste without the alcohol, but you can also add alcohol to shrub drinks and they're awesome. We have five different flavors. We have a tart cherry, a basil, a honey crisp, maple ginger, and lemongrass. And in every bottle, we partner with a Wisconsin farm. So that also adds to um, the flavor being amazing and awesome. I'm biased, but I, I think it's true. <laughs> um, my favorite is the tart cherry by far. I think it's the most versatile of the bunch. It can really pair well with anything you already love. So it doesn't take a lot of thought um, to figure out how to use it. And then we also have these canned ready-to-drink products because shrubs are a super education-heavy product. So these ready-to-drinks are shrub already mixed with sparkling water. You can just crack them open and enjoy them anytime, any place. And we think they're super approachable for folks that are a little unsure about what it means to drink vinegar. We are partnering with Tap Maple Syrup to do two pop-up happy hour mocktail events. One night will be Tap Maple Syrup and one night will be Siren Shrub, but we'll be using our products together. Expect to be blown away by delicious flavor. And we are going to talk to you and teach you a little about what it means to mix up mocktails easily and with ingredients that are that are local to us. Have you been to the Energy Fair before? Of course I have. I have vended and attended at the Energy Fair. And what's some of your favorite things about the Energy Fair? I love the Derby race car event. 
I'm not sure what that's called exactly. And also just the energy. <laughs> no pun intended, but the energy that is at the energy fair. It's just a lot of lovely people um, coming together around common causes. And there is so much to see and do. And the weather always seems to be really great. So knock on wood. Well, great, Mindy. I'm excited to see you at the fair and learn how to make a lovely mocktail with a siren shrub beverage. Awesome. Thanks. Looking forward to seeing you. I greet you with the Islamic greeting. Assalamu alaikum. Peace be with you. I'm Huda Alka. I'm the founder and director of Wisconsin Green Muslims. I'm an ecologist and environmental educator. And uh, Wisconsin Green Muslims is a grassroots environmental justice group that connects faith, environmental justice, sustainability, and healing through education and service so, since 2005. And so we are celebrating 17 years this year. And we, are, uh, we work on many issues, primarily education around climate change, water, food, solar energy, energy efficiency, waste reduction, and transportation equity. Thank you, Huda. Happy anniversary, 17 years. That's wonderful. Uh, and you're presenting at the Energy Fair on Sunday, June 26th. Do you, would you like to tell us about your presentation? Yeah, we've been coordinating the Wisconsin Faith Communities for Equitable Solar Initiative for now, well, since 2016. Actually, that's when it started. And we now connect with over close to 8,000 uh, people, the Wisconsinites, from 19 different faith traditions, spiritualities. Our mission is really to uh, advance just solar through building interfaith relationships. And we, through our connections with our interfaith partners, uh, we really landed into two pathways. One is uh, solar trainings to jobs, good jobs, and the other one is energy efficiency to solar. So energy efficiency first, and that leads to solar. We are an environmental justice uh, group, so we definitely center our environmental justice principles. So we're going to be talking about our work, as I mentioned, over the years, how we center our faith, our interfaith collaborations, and the environmental justice principles as we move towards uh, these initiatives that we are talking about and how we address uh, climate uh, injustice and uh, in environmental injustice. So if a participant uh, comes to your workshop, what can they expect? Will it be a conversation, a lecture, and what kind of information will you be presenting? We'll go through just storytelling around how really, what's the unifying message? What's the unifying power of solar energy? It really brings us together and it's the light. So we're going to talk about the commons and we're going to talk about our values and how this really benefited many communities and how we can move together. So it's primarily some storytelling, some sharing from the heart, but also enjoying the shine of the light and, and the comments and, and then how we can proceed together to make things better for, for all of us so now here in Wisconsin, in the Midwest and nationally, especially benefiting from all the things that are happening policy-wise and environmental justice with Justice 40 initiative and how to prioritize and center disinvested communities. They have been disinvested for so, uh, so long. And so how we can center them in our work moving forward. Well, that's very 
promising, inspiring. Huda, you've been to the fair before. Uh, what what do you like about coming to the fair? What are you looking forward to? Well, I'm looking for the outdoors, definitely. Uh, connecting with people is definitely very energizing, very inspiring, and just enjoy the different state of the arts, entrepreneurship ideas that are out there and how it can generate more ideas moving forward. And so that connection, that networking, and then just sharing where we are and what we hope to do together. So that's, I'm really looking forward to that. Great. Me too. I will see you in person uh, at the fair June 24th to the 26th. Huda, is there anything you'd like to leave us with? Any parting words? I'm a board member of the Midwest Renewable Energy Association. I'm really happy Thank to be you. for so many years. Uh, Wisconsin Green Muslim has been a member for so many years. So really looking forward to come together and with the advisory board, with all the members and just see how we can chart our way forward with all the promising advantages and, as I mentioned, ideas and innovations. So we just, let's, let's move forward together. Well, thank you so much, Huda. That was very positive. I look forward to seeing you. Yeah, thank you. My name is Jordan Kaiser. I lead the design and sales department at Northwood Solar here in Amherst, Wisconsin. I've been working in renewable energy for now about 12 years, plus or minus uh, a few months. Got a couple degrees in renewable energy and locally from Mid-State Technical College. I've worked with a, a couple different renewable energy companies, but I've been with Northwind Solar since the winter of 2013-2014, so uh, nearing out about uh, eight and a half years or so. We here at Northwind design and install solar power systems, everything from small residential systems to a uh, bit to, to large commercial projects as well. The last few years, we've also uh, done a lot with solar plus storage systems, uh, particularly primarily with Tesla Powerwall. So we work with uh, a few different brands uh, from solar modules to inverters to batteries. But uh, past that, we are a worker-owned cooperative uh, back in 2017. We transitioned to became more cooperative and saw it as a more democratic way to, to do business and, and really empower each one of our employees. And has really served us well, I think, not only for us as a company, but out there in the community as we're installing systems. So yeah, that's sort of a overhead view of us. And you're presenting and exhibiting at the fair. Do you want to talk about your presentation? Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, we've been exhibiting there and, and have had a booth there for, uh, well, as long as I've been with the company and even years prior to that, I think probably since we started as a company back in 2007, we've had a presence at the energy fair and it's just been just a fantastic opportunity for us not only to generate business, but to network with folks in our industry and, and really just have a good time over the course of three, four days. But I myself will be making a presentation Saturday at 11 a.m. And my presentation will be on solar plus storage systems for homes and businesses. And it's going to lean more towards frequently asked questions, some of the design considerations for both the solar and storage part of the system, how to perform for your home or business. And we'll get too deep into some technical aspects of, of equipment, but certainly can touch on some of those uh, details as well. But really my intent is to give, you know, some exposure to folks, uh, an introduction to folks about how battery backup systems can play a part in their grid tied solar PV system. So again, that'll be Saturday at 11 AM. I forget the tent color, but I think MRAA has, has uh, provided me with a very good opportunity at a, at a prime 
presentation spot on Saturday morning. So I'm thankful, thankful for that. Good. Jordan, I'm excited to uh, see that presentation and you also have an exhibit. And so what can people uh, expect when they stop by your booth? Yeah. You know, we have a few different representatives from our company that'll be at our booth. Um, everyone from our sales department to a couple of people in operations, our CEO floats in and out of the, the our booth as well. And really our intent with our booth has always been to be sort of a, a welcoming area and not so much about giving a pen or, a, you know, giving something away, but allowing folks to come in and feel welcome to come in and have a conversation and ask questions and whether they've been thinking about installing a system for their house or they're just looking, you know, to learn a little more. We really wanted it to be, and have always intended it to be a welcoming space for that. So we're excited to, to be back at the fair and, and, and have those conversations with fairgoers once again. So you've been working with the MREA as part of our Grow Solar Initiative, which is a solar group by program. And you've won the bid for Central Wisconsin a number of years in a row, including this year. And that group by program will be open during the fair and available to residents of Central Wisconsin counties. Do you want to talk about how that group by program works? Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're very excited to be chosen as the installer for the Grow Solar program. Once again, it's been a, a fantastic way for folks in the surrounding area to get solar on the rooftop in a, in a cost-effective way. And really the idea uh, is to gather as many folks together to install solar on their homes. And, and based on that amount of participation and based on that total capacity of folks who sign on to the program, we provide a, a discounted price on their system as well as an end-of-program rebate. So uh, it gives a, a little more incentive for folks to, to get solar on their home. And, and really with costs of everything rising these days, uh, it, it, it provides an opportunity to shave a little bit of that cost off and, and open up a window uh, and an opportunity to get solar for their home. So it's, it's been a fantastic program over the years to get literally hundreds of folks to, to put solar in their homes, and, and we're excited for that uh, opportunity to be made again. And so I believe the first Power Hour seminar, seminars begin sometime mid-June and we'll carry on through the better part of the summer and we'll be attending a lot of those live events and be there to uh, answer and address questions and talk a little more about systems and, and how they play a part for their homes and businesses. So yeah, it's an exciting time. Great, Jordan. And what are you looking forward to at the Energy Fair this year? Ah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to a lot. You know, it's it'd be great to reconnect with some industry partners and friends and, and just sort of get the pulse on what other companies are doing. We, we as a company are always looking to learn, especially from folks that work in our industry and in our state industry, as well as in the Midwest and, and always looking to improve as a company. So that's always been a really good aspect of, of the fair that I look forward to. You can't beat the food. There's a lot of good places to, to get some local food as well as some beverages. So yeah, you know, overall, I think it's, I'm excited for the reconnection to, to friends and, and folks in the industry that we haven't had for the last couple of years. So my name is Jared Schumacher. I live here in Madison, Wisconsin, and I work for Third Coast Advisors as a financial advisor. So if I had to boil it down to the, the most simplest thing is we really help people make smart financial decisions. So, you know, if you really think about all the things that are involved in, in your life when it comes to finances, so... You know, typically it's, you know, retirement 401k through your job or property and casualty insurance person, a real estate person, a tax attorney, a CPA, all of those people are involved in your life and finances in some way. And it's, they don't talk to each other about your finances very often. So 
In a lot of ways, it's up to you to come up with a financial plan that makes sense going forward. And that's kind of where we we help is we jump in the middle and, and we help our clients work through all of that and make sure that they have a path going. Forward. So you have a presentation at the Energy Fair, Invest With Your Values. Do you want to just say the title of your presentation and what it'll be about? Yeah. So Invest With Your Values. It's been obviously much more in the news over the past uh, few years, but really sustainable investing, ESG investing, it's got obviously a plethora of different names. There, there's been a lot of just different ways of looking at it and a lot of information from a lot of different sources. And a lot of people just don't really know where to go or what to find out or, or what it's really all about. And this is going to be more educational to, to really just kind of give people a look at what investing with your values really looks like. So we'll go over topics such as like where they can invest. So the different types of accounts that are available to them, what ESG or sustainable investing is about, where we are today you know, where, where we've been, why they should do something. And then finally what they can do. And then obviously we'll have an opportunity for people to ask questions and because everybody's, you know, situation would be different. So if they have specific questions on, on different topics, you know, so, cause ESG has been around for, you know, in the form that it's in now for about 20 years or so, but there's, there's been a lot of changes, especially as of late, the SEC is doing some really interesting things even now as we speak. So. Great. Have you been to the energy fair before? I have. So I moved back to Wisconsin a couple of years ago and I went for the first time in 2019 because I didn't, I'd never heard of it before. And I, and I loved it when it was there. It was, it was really cool and, and a place to go. A, a friend of mine told me about it and he said, Hey, let's go. So we came up there on a Sunday. We didn't get there till I think like one o'clock on Sunday. So it wasn't open for very long, but then I was just like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to come up here next year in 2020. And I'm going to spend like all day Saturday here, or at least a couple hours on Saturday. And then look what happened. <laughs> I wasn't able to. <laughs> so I'm, I'm super stoked and, and really excited to that you guys are bringing it back in person. And, you know, we get to uh, get to all meet each other and talk and talk about different ideas and what everybody else has got going on. And hopefully we can, you know, network with each other and benefit all. My name is Andrew Lewandowski. I'm a general pediatrician who works on the east side of Madison, and I do a lot of work in climate and health. And I am part of two 501c3 organizations, two nonprofits. One is the Wisconsin Health Professionals for Climate Action, and then also the Wisconsin Environmental Health Network. Talking about the two organizations that I work with on a, a somewhat regular basis, there's the Wisconsin Health Professionals for Climate Action. That is an organization that is dedicated to equitable climate change solutions, um, both mitigation and adaptation solutions. And there are a lot of different ways in which we advocate for those equitable climate justice solutions. And then the Wisconsin Environmental Health Network also does work within the climate spheres, but then they also have a number of health professionals who focus on things like endocrine disruptor chemicals or other environmental toxicants, things like lead, PFAS, et cetera, that also have the potential to affect our health because we know that things like climate change and, and there are, there are many environmental determinants of health and not necessarily just the, not necessarily just the choices that we make from day to day. I'm really excited to present at Custer this year about the health benefits of electric vehicles. There are a lot of benefits that you can gain from it, but I think in general, electric vehicles, just like many other, well, I, I should say, you know, transportation in general, we know is a, a big source of pollutants and, and can cause a number of health hazards, as can combustion of other fossil fuels or even emission of climate pollutants, even if it doesn't come from um, fossil fuels. But you have 
direct effects on health from the burning of fossil fuels, but then you also have the, the climate change component. And there are about nine different ways that climate change is, is harming people. And it disproportionately hurts some populations more than others. And so even though I'll just be talking about how electric vehicles will help to solve part of that equation, there are a lot of ways in which climate change is affecting the health of our families, our, our kids, um, our friends, our neighbors, communities, et cetera. Great. And have you been to the energy fair before? I have not. I have wanted to for a number of years. I'm excited to go for the first time. I have three small children. And so it is difficult to, to get away on a weekend, but I look forward to it. I've actually been up to Custer, you know, close to when the energy fair was going to happen. They were actually even setting up tents and everything at that point, but, but this will be my, my first time. Good. You know, we are a very family friendly event, so you're welcome to bring the whole family. We have uh, a whole bunch of family activities, including reptiles and kids music and aerial dancing and all types of things. And I think we're installing a bunch of hammocks in a sandbox for kids to play in. Well, that sounds awesome. I'm, I'm sorry I've missed out then. Maybe it'll become a family tradition. <laughs> well, good. I hope so. Well, is there anything else you'd like to um, leave us with today, Andrew? Sure. I mean, I think the main thing that as health professionals, we want people to know is that climate change isn't just this polar bear on a melting iceberg somewhere, but that climate change and the way in which our environment is changing is affecting our health. We tend to think about climate change as an environmental crisis, and it is. It's absolutely an environmental crisis, but it accelerates and it amplifies human diseases. And that comes from things like extreme heat, extreme weather events, air pollution, increases in what we call vector-borne diseases like tick or mosquito-borne diseases, increases in allergic diseases like allergies, asthma, eczema. We know it affects food and water quality, food and water availability. It increases risk of diarrheal diseases. We know that there are a number of mental health impacts from climate change. And then we also know that there is displacement as a result of climate change. And um, that displacement can also have a number of health impacts. And when you think about those health impacts altogether, there are you know, direct impacts. So for example, if I'm thinking of extreme weather, there are direct impacts from an extreme weather event in that, you know, somebody in 2018, unfortunately died during a flood on, on the west side of Madison. So that's a direct impact. So like trauma or drowning, but then there are indirect impacts as well. So on that same side of town, there was a healthcare clinic, a group health cooperative where the entire clinic had to be shut down due to flooding. And so that's displaced healthcare for hundreds of patients who would have um, gone to that clinic when we have extreme weather events take out something like a water or sanitation facility, or if it takes out a local grocery store or, you know, other facilities that we rely on in order to meet our own personal needs as humans, that's, that's an issue. And those are just direct and indirect health effects of only one out of nine different areas that climate change is causing issues. And so as healthcare providers, that's, that's something for us to, to let people know that even though we don't typically counsel about climate change in our, our clinics or in our <clears throat> hospital settings with the frequency that we talk about smoking or, or healthy food choices, that unfortunately, because climate change is here and we know that it's going to get worse, that it's a topic that we, we need to start, to, to start speaking about and, and spreading that people understand all of its impacts. Well, we appreciate you spending your time with us June 24th to the 26th in Custer, Wisconsin, and we look forward to seeing you there, Andrew. Thanks so much. I'm Don Bickert. I'm currently the owner of a consulting and investment company called Uday, Uday Energy. Uday is short for eudaimonia, which is a Greek word for happiness. I'm sure your viewers might know that. And so it's happy energy. 
I've been involved in renewable energy in Wisconsin for over 30 years. I was involved with the state energy project, ran projects there for 24 years. I worked with uh, Focus on Energy, and for a very short time, I was interim director of Renew Wisconsin. So I've been involved in, in the technical aspects and also the policy aspects of renewables in Wisconsin. Great. We are excited to have you at the fair. Would you please just talk a little bit about the presentation you're giving this year? Myself and Kurt Reinhold, who is the president of Legacy Solar Co-op, we'll be talking about a six-year project, a case study that we did in Madison, Wisconsin. So it's basically a third-party ownership system using uh, Solar Legacy's co-op tax financing model. And we, what we did is we put a 26-kilowatt system on the roof of the Willie Street Grocery Co-op in Madison, Wisconsin. And we also installed 114 LED lights there. So we it's both a megawatt project and also a we, we sold solar racks to Willie Street over a five and a half year period so that I could, I was an equity sponsor of the project and I could use all the tax credits then that were available. So Kurt, Kurt's gonna be talking about how this whole process fits together and how it's it's legal to do what he's doing. Now, I was the, the one of the first projects that Legacy Solar did, and now they've got over 40 projects going. But but this is the first project that actually looked at all the different steps that you have to go through and the return. So this is both a, an economic and environmental assessment over the five and a half years that the project was going. I sold the project to Willie Street in March of this year. So we have a, a complete history. There's a couple tax questions that still are up in the air, but, but we'll talk about those. Well, that sounds very interesting for anyone interested in kind of that third-party financing or tax finance. You have a very, very solid case study here in Wisconsin. Don, would you talk about uh, the energy fair? What do you like about the fair? What are you looking forward to this year? You know, I've, I've gone to all the fairs since it first started, except for one. And I don't remember if that was COVID or, or what it was. So, I mean, the fair just has so much things. All the workshops, all the great music, the, the keynote speakers, has been fabulous. And I mean, I was, I was one of the first funders of the fair in the first year. You know, when I was in charge of some programs at the energy office, you know, three people showed up and said, we're going to do a, a fair by, by Amherst. And I thought, what? Really? But we were able to give them a little bit of seed money and it's really taken off. It's been fantastic. Well, we thank you for that. And I think we have thank you because I do believe we planted an avenue of advocates tree in your honor. And I yes, that. That's true. I'm very honored for that. Yeah. Especially looking at all the other wonderful people who've contributed so much to uh, Wisconsin sustainability efforts over the years. Well, good. Well, we look forward to seeing you June 24th to the 26th. Don, do you have any parting words for us? Well, our, our segment is Friday at four o'clock in, in the red, red tent. And, you know, I think, I think this is a very applicable subject at the moment. I, ju I just saw where MREA has filed a petition with the Public Service Commission today, I think, talking about third party ownership. And the great thing about the Legacy Solar Project, it's sort of the democratization of solar where so many different people can get involved, whether you own a, own a property, 
can have good solar access or not. So we'll be going through all of that. And I hope people show up and we can describe what we did. All right. That's perfect, Don. Thanks so much. Okay. Thanks. I look forward to seeing you in a few weeks. Okay. We'll see you then. Okay. Bye. So my name is Todd Strother. I work for the Center for Technology Commercialization. This is an organization that assists small businesses, uh, generally technology businesses in Wisconsin, primarily to help develop new technical products. I've been with the organization for about eight years. Prior to that, I worked at a large scientific instruments company. And then prior to that, I was at a small biotech company. And I'm Brian Walsh. I am a commercialization consultant with the Center for Technology Commercialization. I have been with the organization for a couple of years now. I also help in advising on accessing federal funds for, from SBIR, which we're going to get talk about a little bit today, I think. My background before that was as a, as a small business owner in Wisconsin with a manufacturing business, business targeting scientific equipment. So our workshop is called Federal Grants to Drive Energy Innovation. And what we will be covering is uh, a federal grant program called the SBIR. And we're going to be focusing on specifically on what the Department of Energy offers in terms of this federal grant program. So we'll, we'll cover things that money that's available for small businesses to do energy innovations with funding from the, the U.S. the Department of Energy. Coming to the workshop, we're going to give them an overview of the amount of funding that's available the kinds of companies that are eligible to participate. We'll talk about the timelines. So these are, these are grant and contract solicitations. We'll, so we'll talk about timelines. We'll talk about services that are available from the state of Wisconsin to help companies navigate this, this system and, and get applications in. Todd, anything to add? Yeah. So even before or afterwards, after the, the presentation that we have, we'll be happy to meet with individuals about their particular ideas. And if the SBIR program sounds or programs sound reasonable for them to pursue, we can help describe the things that we can do to, to assist these people and these companies obtain those funds. Great. That's perfect. Have either of you been to the energy fair before? Yes, I've been to the energy fair before. It's been a few years, but I've been a, a few times before. Um, in a different capacity. I have not been to the energy fair. I am looking forward to it though. Good. Well, we look forward to seeing you both. And I think I'll be in your workshop. That sounds very interesting. And there's a lot of companies out there that could truly benefit from it. Anything else you'd like to add? Maybe I'll, I'll throw some numbers out if I could. So last year, so in the Midwest from the money from that came from the department of energy from this program in the past three years and amounted to over $80 million. So generally uh, a project from the Department of Energy, a, a, a phase one project, which we'll talk about, is up to $250,000 in funds to help to help do some R&D. Well, that sounds like a significant amount of support. And I know that the Department of Energy at this point is very interested in uh, supporting new business innovation. So this seems like a very, very timely workshop. And we appreciate you spending your time at the Energy Fair and, and helping prospective companies access SBIR funds. And we will see you June 24th to the 26th at the Energy Fair. Thanks, gentlemen. Thank you very much. 
My name is Jessica Miller, and I am a naturalist environmental educator at Mosquito Hill Nature Center in New London, Wisconsin. And I have a 24-year career at the center, 20 years of that being as a naturalist. The Nature Center is 471 acres. I think we're, you know, and I'm biased, but I think we are probably one of the most diverse nature centers in that we have a 200-foot um, hill on our property, as well as a 12 and a half acre prairie and an extensive wetland system bordered by the Wolf River. So because of that, we have a diversity of birds and wildlife and plants and weedies. <laughs> so the title of the of the presentation is Eat Your Weedies. And, and it's, not, it's not a throwback to the Breakfast of Champions in the orange box. It's actually going out and finding quote unquote weeds in your yard or around in a natural area that are edible, that can be used for medicinal purposes. So the, the basis of the program is to just familiarize the public with some basic weed species that they can eat, dandelions, stinging nettle, chickweed, how to use those, say, in a salad or soup, or how to use them in maybe a tincture or a tea or a salve. Yeah, so you'll probably discuss some of the nutritional and medicinal benefits of the kind of common plants that we find around. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. And what are your favorite weeds to eat? Oh, that's like trying to, to get somebody to say who's your favorite, your favorite child. You know, I, have a, I think it really depends on the time of the year, really. I, I dandelions. So what I, what I drink or eat every day is I will always have dandelion root coffee. Um, weaning myself off of some caffeine. So I do dandelion and chicory root coffee. I also do an infusion of stinging nettles, especially in the spring, because it's great for adding nutrients into my diet. Uh, chickweed, when it's available, I'll make a little salad. So it really just depends on the time of the year, because the nice thing about weeds is they're always there. And so doesn't matter if it's in the spring, midsummer, late summer, early fall, you're going to be able to find something to utilize for medicinal or culinary purposes. And have you been to the energy fair before? Oh, I have. Yeah, both as a participant and just coming out and ooing and eyeing at all of the other presenters and all the things that are out uh, available for people. And what's some of your favorite things to do at the fair? Why do you come? Well, I really, I, I've gained so much knowledge from just the variety of presenters. I mean, when you, when you hear the title, energy fair, you think, oh, okay, well, this is just going to be for people who maybe want solar on their homes or who, who drive an electric car. But no, I mean, programs even like mine on learning how to forage or, you know, learning all sorts of things, things to eat, people to meet. The, the keynote speakers are amazing. The music, oh my gosh, the music every year is great. Getting to go and buy my annual uh, t-shirt or my MREA hat. It's just a really well-run event every year that I look forward to. All right. Thanks, Jessica. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us before we, before we break? No, other than please come to my program at noon on the Saturday of the MREA event. All right. Great. Well, we will see you there. Thanks so much, Jessica. Thanks, Nick. Good to see you. My name is Francisco Sanchez. I am the... Director of Emerging Technology, Renault Wisconsin. Renault Wisconsin is a nonprofit that supports the advancement of renewable energy. Since 1991, Renault has been working policies and programs to support a healthier, stronger, and more vibrant state. I grew up in Colombia, 
moved to Wisconsin for, 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 to attend the University of Wisconsin-Madison, actually, and fell in love with the state. So this is home now. In my current role with for Renew, I support electric vehicles and building electrification and other emerging technologies like battery storage and things like that. And I'm super excited about the opportunity to work on the integration of our buildings and our transportation infrastructure, which is related to the topic of the presentation I will be doing at the fair. So the title of the presentation is Vehicles to Grid uh, V2G Technology Opportunities and Challenges. I think it, it, I, I should make a disclaimer. It should be more like, you know, vehicle to grid technology unencumbered by regulatory restrictions because it's a technology that is very exciting, but the energy mark, energy markets are heavily regulated. So there will be some challenges that we need to address in order to take advantage or full advantage of the technology. But the idea basically is that with electric vehicles coming to market, we have a great opportunity to leverage those batteries to support our grid. There is a lot of conversation around how the impact or the impact that electric vehicles are going to have in the grid. And a lot of the conversation is framing this kind of catastrophic scenario where, oh, the grid's not going to be able to handle it. But the, the truth is that um, we, we will have batteries that can serve as backup and can supplement the grid in moments of need. And this technology enables that. The presentation will be, will focus on the technical aspects of vehicle to grid technology. So you have a vehicle that has a battery, you have a building that requires energy to run. You can leverage your battery in your vehicle to do the things that you need to do in your building. So, and that technology is available today. Recently, Ford launched their pickup truck, the F450 Lightning. And with that, you can buy a home integration system, which allows you to use your truck as a backup for your home and you can run your home for up to three days using the energy, the electricity that's in the battery. There are many applications of that for backup, for resiliency, for grid optimization. Energy prices change it dynamically, constantly throughout the day. My dream is that one day we will have the technology and the policies that allow people and uh, utilities to optimize the grid. So we're getting energy from the places that is most convenient for and cheaper for that specific time of the day. So that's kind of the kind of big picture is how do we integrate all these batteries that we have, this amazing resource to serve the buildings that need electricity and how do we bet, do it in the best possible way? Yeah, that's great. That's an excellent description. Really exciting. I'm going to be at your workshop for sure. Nice. And, um, and, uh, is that someone that comes to your workshop, you know, what kind of information do you think that they'll encounter with you or what, what will it be conversational, will it be a presentation? The, the workshop will be, will be a presentation. Probably half of them will be just kind of give, doing an overview of the technology. This is what it is. How, this is how it works. Here are the opportunities we have here, are the challenges that we we'll have to overcome. And then the other half will be a conversation, what, you know, Q and A of, you know, things, you know, questions that people might have about, okay, how is this technology going to apply to, to me in my particular case? So it will be yeah, half and half a presentation deal that have uh, a Q and A. Well, good. You should know, maybe you do that we'll have an electric vehicle car show here and we'll be charging. We'll probably charge three to 400 cars over the weekend. We have a fast charger on site and we'll have probably a dozen level two chargers. And we also have 
an energy storage tech center that we've developed here with six different energy storage technologies and a tour. So I hope that you'll take that tour and we'll have a good conversation about it. Definitely. I'm bringing the whole family. So we're going to be spending an awesome weekend up there. And it's funny because when I was making the plan with my, with my wife, I told her about the fair. She's like, oh, we went there like years and years ago. And it's like, yeah, it's the same place. So yeah, we're excited. Well, great. We are a very family friendly event. I'm looking forward to meeting you in person and all of your family. And so I'll see you in a few weeks, June 24th to 26th. Thanks for joining us today. Likewise. Thank you, Nick. My name is Corey Neely, and I'm a director of Solar Share Wisconsin Cooperative. I've been working for the cooperative since January of this year. And prior to that, I was an entrepreneur and uh, a utility rep for municipal utilities. Corey, tell us about Solar Share Wisconsin. Solar Share Wisconsin uh, Cooperative is a it's a cooperative that was created by Renew Wisconsin, and board members of that organization had the idea. They they met with folks in the solar industry to do their their due diligence to decide if if this was something that could be done, and they built it out last year, incorporating in in November of last year. The idea behind it is to, you know, work cooperatively to build solar farms in the state of Wisconsin. We're looking to do one to five megawatt solar farms and fund those cooperatively, you know, so anyone can invest in those, any person from any background can invest in those, as long as they're from the state of Wisconsin or they have a business located in the state of Wisconsin. So I'll be giving a presentation at the Midwest Renewable Energy Fair Friday at 2 p.m. in the green tent. So I really hope that, you know, folks will come out and, and attend that to see, you know, what the cooperative is all about and, you know, how they can be a part of the cooperative. You know, I think we're going to have a lot of, a lot of interest at the, the fair. And there's some other presentations about small scale um, solar farms that I think, you know, folks can kind of, you know, get to before they come to my presentation. I know Michael is going to be doing a presentation at noon of that day as well. So. I hope that folks will kind of head over from his his presentation in the yellow tent to mine in the green tent and uh, and learn more about what we're doing. Yeah, can you describe the difference between how an investor would engage in a typical large-scale solar project and like what the cooperative is offering to kind of like the average consumer? In a traditional, you know, solar investment, you've got a few investors, you know, one would be the tax equity investor, and we're still going to employ that that model. But what, what's different about what we're doing is, you know, we're kind of pooling our resources to fill a different niche, which is the, the traditional equity investor. Now, I am really excited about how this this fits into, you know, the investment opportunities for for traditional for regular folks because right now you've got essentially two different options. You can invest in the stock market, which is increasingly volatile and maybe a little scary for the average investor, or you have really safe investments that don't offer really great returns such as CDs or, or bonds. And so, you know, I feel like we, we fill this niche for folks that have a little bit of money um, sitting around their checking and, and savings accounts and allows them to, to kind of put that money to good use and earn a little bit of return on that. Our goal is to seek a 5% return and hopefully that's enough for folks to be enticed to do it. If it's not enough to entice them, hopefully the idea of transitioning uh, Wisconsin's energy supply to solar is is enough of an investment incentive as well. So, Great. And have you been to Energy Fair before? 
I've been to energy, energy fair six or seven times. It's, it's been since my kids have been around, it's been my father's day weekend kind of excursion and, and working at WPPI, we always got free tickets. So I always enjoyed going up there, you know, and, and we, we sometimes will stop by MREA uh, on our way up north and, and charge our vehicle or, you know, just pop by and, and take a little walk around. So I really enjoy the, the property at Custer and enjoy visiting the folks up there every year. So, well, Corey, that was great. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Oh, we're really excited to be presenting. I hope to, you know, present next year about the projects we've completed or you know, the projects we are, are working to complete and then really talk about how we're, we're going to expand and kind of really grow what we're doing here to, to help, you know, grow solar in the state of Wisconsin. So my name is Heather Talbot and I am a volunteer um, slash founder with Solar on La Crosse Schools. We are a volunteer group here in the city of La Crosse. We are 100% volunteer powered. So we are made up of a group of parents of La Crosse School District students, former, you know, students, so alumni of the district, teachers, even students. We have some high school students that are involved with our work and we are simply working to make the transition to more renewable energy, specifically solar energy, happen sooner in our community within our school district. So our local public schools, we're helping them transition to solar energy. So at the Energy Fair, we will be holding a workshop on Sunday. We're going to be presenting on um, community solar energy initiatives. So how can regular folks, friends, neighbors, you know, parents of young children like myself, advocate in an effective way to make change at a local level for more solar energy, a transition to cleaner power for our kids, for our families, for our neighbors. So we're going to be presenting about our story of how even in the midst of the pandemic, right at the beginning of the pandemic, in fact, we founded a small volunteer group and have been able to make progress even using virtual tools. And, you know, for a year we met without even um, seeing one another face to face face. And so just committed to helping share what's possible and what resources are out there specifically for helping schools transition to more solar energy, for how community members can assist their um, municipal leaders or their school leaders, um, business leaders in town to help them see the different options that exist for supporting solar transition. So we will just be helping to inspire folks and equip them. And then we will definitely um, be open to connecting with folks for follow-up too. So we're happy to um, help folks do what they can in their own communities using the model that we put together. Great. And have you been to the fair, Energy Fair? I have not been to the Energy Fair and I am so excited to go. My spouse actually did his undergraduate at Stevens Point. And so we did go to Stevens Point once just because he wanted to show me around his old stomping grounds. So I understand that the fair and Custer, Wisconsin are nearby to Stevens Point. And so we are loading up our, we have a plug-in hybrid uh, electric minivan and we are putting a bunch of folks in it because we've been spreading the word and wanting to bring some folks along with us. And we are shoving our bikes on there so we can bike to the fair from where we're staying with some folks. And yeah, I'm pretty stoked about it. I 
I was super interested in sustainability. I, I got interested in sustainability in college. I studied sustainable community development. And we we had some opportunities to connect, you know, regionally with folks, but it was it was very much at that time like this kind of coastal enterprise, right? Like it felt like people on the coasts were like with it and they were they were leading some of these transitions and these initiatives. And so I was really excited to hear about the fair, this kind of Midwest, you know, connectional hub of folks that can come together and really inspire one another and just uh, see what's happening because I've learned that, that we, are, we are doing a lot here in the Midwest. So it's, it's good stuff. Thanks again for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe, leave us a review. And for more info on the Energy Fair, go to theenergyfair.org. That's theenergyfair.org. And we will see you there. Thank you.